Hello, and welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I am your host, Kathy McKnight. And if, like me, you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women and their stories of from the straight and narrow and zigzaggy or somewhere in between paths to success. Today, I'd like to welcome my good friend, Nicola Kastner. Nicola is the founder of the event strategist, a boutique consultancy firm offering up a medley of event strategy advisory services. Definitely a trailblazer in her industry. She has led uh, event-related programs and teams from both the brand and agency sides of the business. From her early industry years working in customer support for a large downtown Toronto hotel to building amazing client programs for companies like Merit, CWT, and Pareto, to ultimately leading the global events team and designing event strategies for SAP as its global vice president of event marketing strategy. She's amazing at what she does. An industry winner, mother of two two-leggers and two four-leggers, and a newly minted green thumb goddess, she's truly a force to be reckoned with. Nick, I am so excited to have you on the show as one of my first guests. Thanks for making the time in your crazy schedule. Thank you for having me. So you've been pretty busy this first part of 2022, new gig, house reno, new car, congrats by the way. Um, what a great way to kick off the year and shed some of the doldrums from the last couple of years. In the spirit of transparency, uh, I feel like we need to preemptively explain about the fun we're about to have um, and share with our audience that you and, I, you and I have known each other for almost 40 years. That's a long time. It doesn't feel that long. I still feel like we're those grade 10 kids we were when we met. Yeah, that was a long time ago, riding the bus. You uh, very determined to, um, and, and the extrovert that you are, to make me your friend and me being the introvert I am, just bearing my nose in a book and just saying, please go away. And you never did. And thank you for that. I have to thank you. Well, I think that was an early lesson that perseverance is important and can be successful. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into the topic of the day, which is you, and start with a few rapid fire Q&As. Are you ready? Sure. All right. So what is the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? I wanted to be a teacher originally. Really? Mm-hmm. And then I realized I really didn't want to do that. And so then the next one I really remember is I wanted to get paid to travel. Ah, all right. Uh, who was the first big influencer in your life? Oh, um, from a career perspective, I would say Jill Harrington, um, who I've told many, many, many a time. Um, she was an industry leader in um, events in the Toronto area. And when I was at school, I actually quoted her extensively for through my thesis and lo and behold, met her at the gym with my mom one day and she opened so many doors for me and I don't think I'd be where I am today without her. Wow, that's fantastic and great shout out. Um, what song epitomizes your career path? Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Oh, interesting. Alrighty. Not a song we listen to a lot as kids, but <laughs> <laughs> kind of out of our, our, our genre, I would say, but a good one nonetheless. Um, and what would the street name for your career be if it were an actual road? Ooh. Hard Work Lane. Nice. And where would it be? What's your favorite city? Oh, I don't even know. Anywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Maybe New York. I'd say New York. So, you know, all right. Well, New York, of course. Um, so as I mentioned in your intro, um, your career has been, you know, 
really committed. You've been, I mean, when I think back to the days of, of picking you up at the hotel in my Jeep, um, and you know, not to get too personal. And the first thing you did was whip off those damn <laughs> nylons that you had to wear to work every day. Um, I did. you know, what you see, you forgot about that, didn't you? What has your career journey been? What does it look like for you? I mean, you've been, unlike some of my other guests, you've, you've really had a clear path and, you know, dedication to what you wanted to do, but it hasn't been a straight line, even though it's been in the same industry. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think maybe part of it was I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up, quote unquote, and I still don't know um, <laughs> to some days. But, you know, I knew I wanted to get paid to travel, um, as I mentioned earlier. And I didn't want to do it like my dad, who was an engineer. Right. And, you know, went to different countries all over the world and then saw the inside of an office. I was like, well, that's kind of boring. So what I thought going into school, I studied hospitality um, and tourism at school. What I thought I wanted to do was write the brochure descriptions for the for like the package holidays. I wanted to be that person. And and that was sort of that was my goal. That was my dream. Um, And when I was at when I was in school, I took a course on incentive travel. And what I didn't know at the time was that I was a complete and utter data geek. And it wasn't until I really started working that that became apparent. But what this did this course, it showed me that you could actually through the use of events and travel as reward, you could change business. And it sort of was like this light bulb moment for me that I realized like, well, that is pretty cool. Like it's not just about travel, it's about creating a business impact. Maybe that's where I should go. And I'm still gonna get to go and travel some great places. So um, that was uh, that was my thought. That was That was sort of what inspired me, but everybody wanted to be in that industry. I mean, it was glamorous, right? And so when I finished school, I I worked at the Skydome during the World Series years. Well, I was waitressing at school, so I'm dating myself now. Um, But it was amazing um, experience. But baseball went on strike after that. So I think they went on strike in 94. And it was it was good, because it meant that I now had to use my education instead of waitressing. So I applied for a job at a hotel um, as a sales secretary, which is quite ironic because I didn't even know how to type um, and got the job. Um, So that's the hotel that you were talking about. Um, And that just from there, um, from sales secretary, became sales coordinator. I then went to work for a destination management company. So for anyone that doesn't know, a destination management company is when you plan an incentive travel trip, you will use a company in a destination to plan all of your evening events and your tours and your busing and those type of things. So I went to work for that company and then um, I was there for a couple of years and then I met Jill and Jill worked at um, Merit's, which was um, the company I spent about 12 years of my career with um, on the agency side. And um, like I said, stalked her in the bathroom, in the change room of the gym, because my mom knew her. And I was like, how do you not know this? What, this That I knew that I want to be this person and meet her. Anyway, long story short, Jill landed up hiring me. And um, that was the beginning uh, of it, really. Um, but But I still... I didn't have an end goal. I was never one of those people that said, let's make a five-year plan, have a 10-year plan. What do you want to be? I just didn't know. I just trusted my gut and my instinct that it would lead me the right way. And it certainly has done that. So from incentive travel, I moved into 
marketing and event marketing specifically because the course of my career was changed by a session I took at an event. I was at an MPI conference and I, I realized the power that an event could have now, not just on a business, but to an individual. So the combination of impact to business, impact to individual, that was really inspiring to me. And that sort of has what's led me to the second part of my career and where I am today. That's really interesting. I hadn't realized that uh, Tina, your mom, had uh, been a defining moment in, uh, in in setting your path forward. That's that's amazing. So, I mean, absolutely understand, you know, wanting to travel the world. There was more than once I was envious of your itinerary, although you were gone for long periods of time, which I know was tough sometimes. But um, certainly you've, you've seen the world. You've instilled in me that I want to spend a whole bunch of time in Italy. Um, your stories of Cinque Terre still resound with me. What is that, 20 years later? Um, mm -hmm. But what would you say, I mean, aside from from Jill being your influencer and definitely that that opportune and, and serendipitous moment of, of meeting her at the gym, can you think of something, a defining moment, a decision, action, something that really significantly impacted the trajectory of your career? Yeah, for, for sure. So I mentioned briefly that session I took at an event. That was one, definitely. Um, the other was realizing that I actually was a data nerd. <laughs> and, and in the, you know, for our audience, I have to interject here. Math was not Nick's strong point in, in high school. So the fact that she and I both have a love of Excel spreadsheets and our pivot table queens um, you know, is, is amazing. It, it is. <laughs> and for any of the listeners that don't know pivot tables, my biggest advice is to learn. I once had a client tell me that my passion for them was embarrassing and I don't care. I still talk about them to this day, but to me, it was, it was really data. It was understanding that I could use Excel and these pivot tables, these tools to give me all these insights. And I didn't have to wait for anybody else to a analyze data and tell me what, what it meant. I was able to do that myself. And that opened so many opportunities for me um, just because data doesn't lie. Data gives the direction. Data can give such clarity. Now, I do agree that she who reports the numbers controls the outcome, but data can tell, <laughs> inform so many decisions. And that literally, I believe, has been the foundation of my career. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, data has become such a, a, a crucial, almost anchor in in all marketing facets. So, you know, whether it's events, whether it's content, content marketing, um, promotion, sales, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, the data is what drives customer experience success. And you, I mean, customer experience is something we're all talking about now. I mean, it's, it's the go-to buzzword and, and you can't, you can't go anywhere in the marketing world and not hear about customer experience. But I mean, your career has been based in creating customer experiences. And so I'm curious, you know, from a, from a customer experience perspective, if you can, Think back to where it was all, you know, it was, it was tactical, you know, whether it was a piece of paper, it was the itinerary, it was the invitation to these amazing um, events that you were creating for, for, for companies, their incentive travel, you know, what have you seen, like, what has been, I think, the, maybe the biggest impact um, from, a, from an experience and, and data perspective that's changed that? Well, I think... 
and I don't know if I'm answering your question the right way here, but I, I think experiences are made up of multiple little moments, little touch points, little connections. And every single one of those work together, some you don't even realize, to create an all-encompassing experience and something that has impact on your customer base. And so to me, you know, I think understanding that, understanding that, you know, I'm going to go down a rat hole here, but marketing attribution, let's just talk about that for a second, right? You know, everybody wants to take credit for my event closed X amount of millions of pipeline because they were at my event or they decided to purchase multi-million dollar software because they were at my event within 30 days. That's crazy. That's like saying you decided to marry your spouse 30 days after one particular dinner, right? It's all these series of little moments, all of these things that add up. So whether you apply that to personal, you apply that to an incentive trap, you you apply that to B2B or B2C marketing, it's consistent across the board. Every single touch point counts. And that's where the beauty of the data comes because you can see buying signals. You can see purchase intent. You can really customize solutions and outcomes based on customer needs because we're all different people. Even, you know, the personas, I think, are probably one of the most ridiculous concepts, quite frankly, um, that exist because we're all individual people. And what drives one individual is completely different than somebody else. Oh, I think that's another topic for another podcast because personas passion of mine, but we'll, we'll keep on you today. So it's interesting. So, you know, when you talk about experiences being um, a series of touch points and it's all the little things, you know, your current role, you've, you've recently gone out and, and hung up your own shingle, uh, not your first time doing that. Um, so a little bit of uh, um, foundation behind you in, in running your own business. Um, you did it very successfully before, but you've had such amazing growth and trajectory in your career from, you know, from events manager to, um, you know, business directors to working for progressively larger and larger companies to ultimately, you know, basically leading SAP, one of the world's largest organizations, events for the world. So, you know, bringing people together from near and far in all sorts of locations for all points understanding that it's not the event that makes the sale, but it may be the event that accelerates the sale. You're doing things a little bit differently now. So what's your current role like? And, you know, what's getting you up in the morning? Yeah, yeah, great question. So um, for context for everybody that's listening, I did found my found my own business again um, in January of this year. So brand new um, and exciting. And after five and a half years with SAP, and it just felt like it was time for a change, quite frankly, you know, for five years, I'd been inventing and reinventing and reinventing. And every year it was reinvent. And then we went through COVID. And, you know, I I, I mean, I, I actually think of, in a way, COVID has been a little bit of a gift because it helped give me clarity. I was home for a really long time and I could think and I could process what was important to me or not. Um, and then I actually realized that being on an airplane was maybe not the most important driver of happiness for me um, through the through the couple of years. But I, I just felt like 
I was tired of pushing a boulder uphill through a big company day in and day out. You know, SAP with more than 100,000 employees, there's a lot of levels of approvals. And, and, and many times it just, you know, great ideas would kind of die on the vine because you just couldn't get them through all the levels of approvals. And I just got, I got tired of it. I just didn't, didn't need to do it anymore. It wasn't fulfilling me. It was making me miserable. And so, you know, life's too short. Um, and so I decided it's time, it's time to do something different and it's time to really embrace, it was a couple of things, really embrace this new sort of work, working model where companies today, and I'll actually backtrack when I joined SAP five and a half years ago, they, my job was posted as a New York city role. They hired me in Toronto, living in Toronto because I was the right talent for the role and they were firm early believers of virtual teams and you know I'll give them all the credit for that and that has opened so much opportunity for me um and so many other companies had not embraced that pre-covid but covid changed things Co covid right. changed the landscape changed the ability um to work remotely and also companies started to embrace the concept of freelance talent Right. So rather than paying a large salary that somebody like a global vice president of marketing would command, they can buy my services on a fractional basis to help yeah. drive impact. And they're willing to do that. And I can drive impact and help my customers, right? Versus trying to feel like I was pushing a boulder uphill. So to me, it <laughs> felt like a win, win, win scenario all around. And, you know, was it was it risky for sure did you know did i did imposter syndrome tell me that my value was tied to a brand tried to but it's not my value is tied to my knowledge my network my experience and you know i i'm i'm so glad that i took the leap and i would encourage anybody that's you know in a situation of is it time for change explore it you can always go back to corporate if that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've been hearing so much about, you know, the great resignation. Um, and I've been I've been doing a lot of thinking about it. And, you know, you and I talked about it before you decided to to make the leap back into the independent world. And I'm wondering if that's a misnomer, if if the great resignation should really be more about, you know, the great shuffle. Because people aren't resigning and not doing anything. They're they're changing it up. Um, and, you know, I think that's an important part of our growth, um, as in, in, in our careers and our life and in, in no matter what I, what we do. So I actually from think the, sorry to interrupt, but I would call it no. great realization. Ah, that's another good one. Yes. And I actually put that in my LinkedIn post when I announced my company, um, publicly, um, which I only did in March because there was so much demand coming out of the gates. I was like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't launch it because I didn't have time to talk to anybody. It was really an amazing problem to have. Um, but I, I called it in in my LinkedIn post. Um, I talked about the things that yeah. we've talked about and called it the. You know, I started off with the great resignation is real. I know because I joined the club, and I ended it with maybe we should call it the great realization instead. And so I talked about all those concepts. I got thirty four thousand views on my LinkedIn announcement post that I was starting my own business. How does that happen? And I think it happens because it resonated. 
Yes. Yeah. And, and I would, I would absolutely agree and congrats on those, those numbers. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And it, again, topic for, we, we could go on and, and on about this, but you know, in this, in this shuffle, in this realization, and although you chose to stay in the path that you were on and, and continue your journey as an events professional, if you weren't an events professional, now you mentioned that, you know, originally you maybe thought about being a teacher um, and then realized that wasn't for you. Um, but if you weren't doing what you do, what would you be doing? What would your I career mean, be? Early on, if you'd asked me that, I would have said I would have been a scuba diving instructor. But I don't know, as a 50-odd-year-old woman, that's feasible anymore. But I just, I, I loved that. I wanted to be, you know, I went through a stage where I wanted to be a marine biologist because I loved just being out on the water. And so, yeah, that's what I'd like to do. Um, honestly, though, from a professional perspective in all seriousness, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I can't think of anything else because I'm really passionate about my discipline. And I, I love that's great. my discipline. It's sort of the best of all worlds. And so um, I don't know. I don't, I, I honestly can't think of something I'd want to do. Yeah, that's okay. It's, that means you, you are where you're supposed to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and all right. So you've, you've given us already some great advice and some lessons learned. But for our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, um, what would be your best piece of advice on life, career, success, happiness, whatever you'd like to share on? I think, I, honest, other than learn pivot tables and how to use data, um, that will always be. Um, and YouTube has some great videos, just practice <laughs> with those. Um, I think it's trust your instinct. Don't, oh, I, I think you can overanalyze and overthink and your career to the point of, um, paralysis almost, mm -hmm. right? Or, and I don't think there's any bad decision that you can make. If you, I took a job at an agency once that was a terrible fit. It was awful. And I realized very, very quickly that that was the, um, the situation. And ultimately it landed, that situation created an opportunity for me to start my business last time when I, I consulted for about three and a half years before I joined SAP full-time for context for everybody. That bad experience opened a great experience, which has led me to where I am today. So just trust your instincts. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Something will come out of it. I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And, and absolutely couldn't agree with you more. And, and even, you know, what some would consider failures, there's lessons to be learned. And when something is being learned, it, it, there's always value, right? Yeah. And there'll always so, be failures. I mean, yes, yeah, always. You, you can't grow without failure. No, exactly. Yeah. So um, in closing, first of all, thank you. And um, tell our audience where they can find you, web, social, are you speaking anywhere coming up? Yeah. So um, let's think. So uh, my website, nicolacastner.com. So that's easy. Um, that's my my company website. I am speaking um, at a couple of industry events over the next little while, but um, probably very, very focused, very targeted to, to the event marketing space. Um, but I've also been um, heavily... Um, interviewed, I guess is the right word for a book that has just been published um, by um, by a technology platform company called Bizabo. And um, it's called the Event Success Book. And there's a lot of, you know, this isn't a plug for, I, I think it's a great 
book and, and I'm honored to have been included in it, but there's a lot of really great event leaders in there as well that are really sharing some amazing insights. So if anyone specifically is interested in events I and, and event marketing and getting deeper into that strategy, it's a, a, a good resource and you can read about me at nauseam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who's not looking to do that, right? So thank you again, uh, Nick, for, for joining me and to my audience. Thanks for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today and hearing about Nicola's journey on becoming uh, event strategist extraordinaire. And if you're keen to hear more stories from amazing women, join me next week when I'll be speaking with Carla Johnson, a world-leading innovation architect and recent hard air balloon pilot. She'll share with us her journey from engineering student to train station historian to author of 10 books. And as always, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net to sign up for our email list, as well as check out links and resources, as well as the show notes. So thanks again for listening. And until next time, enjoy your journey.